Welcome to Let's Talk More Confidence, a podcast dedicated to providing you the knowledge to become more confident in your wellness journey. I'm your host, Aaliyah Irvin. So let's jump into today's topic. Hello, Confidence Squad. Let's start with our check-in. How are we doing? I feel like this mic picks up everything. So I'm opening my notebook, but typically I have it open beforehand. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, how are we doing today? This podcast is late. I know. I apologize. Um, there's just been a lot going on. So I haven't recorded on the day that I was supposed to, like my throat was itching. Like I, (laughs) my allergies this season are killing me like I haven't had allergies this bad since I was a child and I guess it's better living in Washington because it's not as hot and humid but we did have an 80 degree day and it was warm and my allergies were bothering me and I just felt like almost like being that child again in the evening the temperature drops And so I can actually breathe where in Ohio, it would be so hot. I remember sitting on my window, like on the screen, putting my nose up just to get any fresh air because I maybe did I have a ceiling fan? I could have had a ceiling fan at that time. I remember my stepfather installed one. I just don't remember exactly when it got installed. But we didn't have air conditioning, and it it was miserable. But anywho, I am recording this now. I will get it up. I will post it, and I will let you know as soon as it hits. So, uh, what else has been going on? Like, I wrote a lot of notes, and um, I'm just so behind. So, little catch-up is... Um, What do I want to start? (laughs) Juneteenth happened and passed. And um, I went to a Juneteenth event. And so my nine to five is in recreation. So I am currently working as a fitness and recreation coordinator, if you did not know that. And a part of my job is doing events and so they're really they're really centered around fitness events however you know working in recreation for as long as I have you help other people with different events so I am very focused on events and how they shape up when I go to them and this event it was very um, lackluster. So Juneteenth actually fell on Father's Day. So a lot of Juneteenth events, I think, just had low attendance, you know, with it being Father's Day, also with it still being COVID. And I won't hold anybody against who showed up to their event. But... 
okay, so the event started at 11 a.m., I believe, until 4, maybe. I don't know. But the programming didn't start till 1.30. And I don't think that was well publicized. Like, I found out about the event through my job because we were um, a sponsor of the event. And I will say this, I was offered the opportunity to be on the committee to help plan the event. However, I just didn't have it in my, um, what word am I looking for? I just didn't have the energy, the space, the time, the energy. I didn't have any, I didn't have the capacity that is what I'm looking for. I did not have the capacity to help with this event. Um, the time that they met just didn't work for my schedule. Um, the other things just going on in my personal life, I just couldn't add this to my plate, as well as the other events that I was planning for my job as well. So, you know, I sat and complained about the event, and then I was like, you know, you can only blame yourself. But at the same time, no. Um, when you walked into the event, the first thing you got was food. So, okay, actually, let me step back for a moment. The place, the venue that they picked to have the Juneteenth event at wasn't a great location because there was no parking. Um, I think they reserved the lot for vendors um, well, I take that back. There were no vendors. They reserved the lot for people who were a part of the committee, I am assuming, and um, the performers of the event. So if you were just like a regular person that showed up, you couldn't park in the parking lot. And that's fine. But there was no street parking. Like you couldn't really park on the street. Also, the street didn't have sidewalks. So we parked around the block, but then we had to walk to the park and I had my girls with me. So essentially we were walking in the street because there wasn't even like, you know, some places don't have sidewalks, but they have extended grass. Yeah, the grass kind of went down into a divot to help, I guess, with rainfall. So it would go down. And not just like a runoff, I guess. <sighs> okay, so that was my first thing, right? And then when you get right into the event, as soon as you walk through the parking lot, they're like, here, take food. Well, <laughs> the food, first of all, all you got was a choice of meat. So they had plentiful choices of meat if you're a meat eater. They had chicken. They had hot dogs, ribs, and burgers. Then they had baked beans. That was it. They had a cupcake and water. They also gave away hand sanitizer, which now I don't even know what I did with my hand sanitizer. So I had all these things in my hand, and then we had to walk to the actual park to find somewhere to sit. And they had tables, but the tables were at the very far end. I didn't even make it that far. I sat on a bench and ate my food, which 
my kids also got ribs. So I got ribs. My kids got ribs. And they were like, Mommy, these ribs aren't good. Um, And you know what? They could have been better if you just put some barbecue sauce on them. But there was no barbecue sauce available. All they had for condiments were mustard and ketchup for if you had a hot dog or hamburger. And then the baked beans were not good either. <laughs> so it was just like, um, oh, okay, this is what we're offering for food. And I don't want to seem like I'm complaining because it was free. But at the same time, if you're going to feed me, make sure you're going to feed me properly. Um, where is the vegetables? Where is, you have to have at least two sides because my kids just ate meat, like, because they don't want baked beans. <sighs> okay. Anyway, the other thing was the programming started at 1.30 and that wasn't well advertised anywhere. So we got there at 12 and by 12, 30, 1 o'clock, I was ready to go because there was nothing for adults really to do. They had some games, but they had cornhole. They had one set of a cornhole game. I think they played basketball earlier, maybe some other sports, but it was really focused on kids. So my kids got balloon animals. They had face painting as well. And my kids primarily played on, on the playground. But they didn't have anything else for adults. I think they were doing some um, raffles. But there was nothing to entertain me to keep me there until 1.30. So why would you start your event at 11 o'clock and not have any type of entertainment until 1.30? And the entertainment didn't start right at 1.30. We were leaving at 1.30 and the entertainment was walking in. So here's my critique. You have your food within the park. So people don't have to walk so far with your giveaway plus water plus a container full of food plus a cupcake and have more options. What if somebody was a vegetarian because the baked beans also had meat in it? Um, you know, set the food up next to the tables and then have vendors like showcase local talent, at least so parents could walk around and look at the different vendors that they have while the kids play around. Have some of your entertainment start earlier. They were playing some music, but then they stopped playing the music. So there was like a gap with just nothing. I'm guessing they were testing to get ready for the performance. I have no idea. But it was just so like spaced out. Or if you're not going to have your performance start till 1.30, then don't start your event until 12. It was just like if somebody got there at 11 o'clock, they were not staying till 1.30 because they would have been bored out of their minds. Yeah. And then the other thing is I don't know how they advertised for this event. This event was done at least for the two years that I've been here in Washington, um, it was virtual. And the programming piece that was virtually done was amazing. And I had to sign up and they had my email address. 
and they inform me about the second event through email. So why not inform me about the third event through email? I didn't get an email. You had a whole bunch of people subscribe to your virtual event. Why not promote it through email? Like I said, I only found out about it through my work. <sighs> okay, moving on from that. Um, I did have a great Juneteenth, if you're curious. Um, CSRD is a um, running club. They partnered with Harlem Run, and they did a Juneteenth walk of the Central District. It was wonderful. It was magical. You learned about black local businesses that were in the area and some history within the Seattle area. And it's something that I would do again, even if we saw the same places or added new things. It was just great to be in community. And I actually, for the first time, went to their Monday Night Miles. This is CSRD. CSRD has two runs, Monday nights and Saturday mornings. And I finally went to one and it was amazing. I had so much fun. I mean, I haven't been around a running community in a while, primarily because I wasn't running and, um, you know, I'm, I missed running. And so sometime it was just hard for me. Um, mentally, it was really hard for me not to run and just to even think about showing up to a group like that and not being able to run. But I actually started going to a few events to walk with a friend and my girls and um, I went and volunteered or cheered at an event and I just felt the love. And so the people there are the ones who encouraged me to come and was like, just walk. It's fine. Just walk. And that's what I did. I showed up and I just walked and I was okay. But recently I have started running again. So Yay! And maybe we'll talk about that on the next podcast because, like I said, I haven't recorded in a while and um, I want to um, not take forever on this one. Uh, the other thing is I did get my third Prolo injection on June 10th. So the time I'm recording this, it's July 1st. So the third Prolo injection actually was the worst of all the injections I felt like I had whiplash um, but my per my physical therapist um, is very optimistic about what the injection is doing for my body um, so we'll see um, they won't do a, like a official re-examination until um, six to eight weeks, I believe after the injection. So it's probably, we're putting myself around end of July, early August to see exactly what has happened. And I will already tell you, I am noticing major differences. So I am happy that I got them. Um, that's kind of it for my check-in. I have some other things on my list, but, um, I don't know what they mean now, so sorry. You probably don't care anyway, and that's okay. We're going to move on to our dry phase. So we're going to talk about Shikari Richardson. She just had 
erased and I do not have my phone with me because it's charging and she ran she won the 200 meters I'm gonna just look it up this is what I got a whole computer for all right so Shikari Richardson won the 200 meters at the NYC Grand Prix and the first thing people were talking about was her time because she ran 22.38 and at I believe it was the same weekend see again I was supposed to do notes for this I did not so around the same time Abby Steiner she won the 200 meters at the NCAA championship and she ran 21.8 and so the automatic notes comments comments about Shikari Richardson's time was but Abby ran so much faster than her there were five times that were faster than Shikari Richardson now this is what I want to say. People in this NCAA championships be running. They be running real fast. And the one thing that I want to point out is this NYC Grand Prix is not Shikari's end race. It's not her goal race. It's not, she's not peaking is what I'm trying to say. Abby is or was at this meet this was her peak event so she is supposed to be running at her fastest speed I don't want to take anything away from Abby Abby has been killing it but at the same time people have to realize you can't compare apples to oranges when it comes to two different races because people are training for two different purposes. Abby is still in college and she was compete competing to win the NCAA championships where Shikari Richardson is in the middle of her season. Uh, I don't know exactly what race she is peaking for um, because it's not an Olympic year. Um, usually in an Olympic year, Olympics is what you're peaking for. Um, outside of that, it could be multiple races that you peak for. Um, the World Championships um, is one race that they could peak for. But that's what people have to keep in mind is what is she peaking for? Just give that girl her kudos. Like she has been under so much scrutiny um, and she won her race. Why compare her to someone else who was running something else. I mean, I guess that's what we do. But I am going to talk about, listen, I love Shikari, but I want to know what does she have on? And I'm not knocking the fishnets on her lower half. I just was looking at her upper half and was like, is that messing with her form? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. I have not worn fishnets while running. I worn them in college way back when. And I just know that like 
my arms didn't swing in their natural state when I had it on. And that's all I could see when she was running. It's like, is those fishnets not messing with her arm swing? But, you know, that's just my opinion. But her, she could do her. Like, I am not knocking her for wearing it. It was a very, it was a statement piece. That's what I'm going to say. Shikari's outfit was a statement piece. And that is what Shikari Richardson does. She makes statements with her hair, her nails, her clothing. So you do you. But at the same time, make sure whatever you doing is not going to affect your ingo of racing. All right. The other thing I want to talk about in the dry phase is I actually just recently posted or reposted something in my stories on Instagram. And of course, you're not going to see it because stories stay for 24 hours. But it was a post done by Brooks Running on their Instagram page. And let me see if I can actually pull it up because I actually want to read what the caption says. All right, so their thing says hit or myth, which I think it's hilarious. But basically, it's a reel. And in the reel, there is a, a novice runner and there's a cocky runner. And so the novice runner is, you know, so the novice runner is just curious about, you know, how to run. And the cocky runner is telling him all the things that he is doing wrong. You know, he goes from head to toe telling him how bad his form is. And then someone else shows up and he kind of says, but is any of that really important? Essentially. So the question is, is there a right way to run? And it's hit or miss. And so I put it in my stories and everyone said that I put it as fact or fiction and everyone put fact. And that is true. Um, There is no right way to run. You can run however you feel comfortable running. And that is what the guy who shows up in the middle says, is that we all have our unique biomechanics. And, you know, if you're trying to go out and run, just go out and run. What I will say is you can hurt yourself if there is something wrong with your biomechanics. And what I mean by that is I'll use myself for example. So when I was in college, I ran predominantly from my hamstrings. Um, I did not have a great knee drive. And because of that, I had chronic hamstring issues. Um, I actually had multiple hamstring injuries because of the way I was running. Now, Once I started to uh, lengthen my hip flexors and strengthen them, 
then I actually had a better knee drive, which in turn took me from running more predominantly in my hamstrings to actually using my hips, quads, and glutes. So I always say yes and no. No, you can just go out and run and be okay. And if your body feels great, then don't worry about the ins and outs of what you should look like because everybody's not going to look the same is what, you know, the myth is busting. But if you're running and you are having the same reoccurring injury or if there's some type of pain or something going on there, then that is when you should start trying to not fix but figure out what is not um, moving correctly and get back into a better biomechanic state, if that makes sense. Um, what else did I want to say? I, something else popped up in my mind and now it just kind of ran away. Oh, my Instagram. So on Instagram, I do give out running tips and my tips are pointed to if you if you are having a problem. So most of my tips are being about out of breath. And it's because sometimes when we get out there and we start running, we fall into bad patterns um, because either we're not strong enough, either um it usually comes down to strength and mobility, really. Those are the two things that it comes to. And we get into this pattern of running in a very inconsistent form. And that takes more energy to do that, which leads us to always being out of breath, even though we're like, oh, I consistently run. But at the same time, this thing always occurs. And so that is kind of like what my thought pattern is when I'm providing these tips not to fix anybody because I think nothing is wrong with any of us we don't need fixing I don't need fixing you don't need fixing all right that's the end of that point those are the things that I've seen on the internet and uh yeah let's move on to our actual topic of today which is how to build a workout and this is going to be our final our final thing on strength training. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the strength training series. I don't know what we're going to do next. I feel like I'm going to have like a free fall. <laughs> I know I said I wanted to get like series to help me get structured. Um... But right now, I actually just want to put out consistent content. And so I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to just sit down, take notes about running. We are going to keep the same format of the show, meaning our start, our drive, our run, and our finish. And yeah, we'll figure it out on the next show. But anyway, let's get into our run of how to build a workout. So if you don't know this, I do have an ebook that is under $10 on my website 
if you follow me on Instagram, you can go into my links and click it. But anyway, um, how to build a workout. So I've given you all this strength information, right? I've told you how to lift with dumbbells, resistance bands. Um, what else did we talk about? Body weight. And you're probably like, Aaliyah, you told me all these things, but I have no idea how many reps I should do. What are reps? What are repetitions? How many sets? Um, how many days of the week should I be lifting? And that's what we're going to kind of like do an overview over. I'm not going to give you all the nitty gritty because if you want it, you could just get the ebook and it gives you templates and everything. And it goes into the whys of it all. We're going to touch on a few whys. I'm not going to leave you hanging like that. Um, but let, let's just start at the beginning of what are sets. So sets are how many rounds of a section that you should be completing of a repetition. So for example, you're, if I told you you had one set of dumbbells, curls, I don't even do curls, shoulder press, let's use that. One set of shoulder press, in that set, you're gonna do 12 repetitions. And repetitions is how many times you're going to do that exercise before either moving on to the next exercise or moving on to the next set. And so you can set up your workout in different ways. You could do three sets of shoulder press in a row if you wanted to. I don't think it's the brightest idea to do it that way because you're not going to get, in my opinion, the best workout because you're just going to burn your shoulders out. So if you were doing, say, a total body workout and I gave you squats, shoulder press, and a plank, you would do one set of squats for 10 repetitions and then you would move on to the next set of shoulder press and you would do that 12 times and then you would move on to the next set of planks and then you would do that for 30 seconds and then if you if I were to prescribe or not prescribe I'm not a doctor <laughs> if I were to write up a program with three sets of each of those exercises you would do one set of each with a repetition and then move on to the next set. I hope that makes sense. But you could also do it where you did three sets of shoulder press and maybe you do 10 uh, repetitions in the first set and you take a minute and 30 seconds break because you want to break and we'll get to that. And then you do the next set and maybe you do eight, take a break and then do six. Oh, the the major question is how long do you rest in between sets? Um, and I, there is like some formula of, you know, how you want to set up your workout. Um, if you're lifting like heavier weight, you obviously want a longer rest because you want your body to get back into, um, you want it to recover before you start that next set because you want to get the most benefit out of it. I like to use how my body feels versus a 
actual number of time because we are all not the same. If me, I'm going to use my real friend's name. If me, Lena, and Keisha are doing um, a workout, right, together, I might recover in 30 seconds, where Lena might recover in 45 seconds, and Keisha might recover in 15 seconds. So why would I tell everybody to get 30 seconds of rest? Because then Lena wouldn't be recovered, and Keisha would be getting too much rest. So I like to go off of how I, how am I feeling? And so if I am doing a circuit that is based in cardio, then I want to be slightly recovered, but not totally recovered because I want to keep my heart rate up. And you can also use your heart rate to measure your recovery, but we're not going to get into that. Um, if I am lifting for strength, then I want to feel like I'm totally recovered, meaning I am like breathing back to normal. I feel ready to go. I feel like I can do another complete set without taking a break in between reps. That is my opinion. How do you actually like build this workout? Like what is it that you're working for is typically my question. You're like, how many reps, how many reps should I be doing within an exercise? And it really comes to reps equals outcome. And this is in my ebook. So if you are working for endurance, then you want to have 12 plus reps. It could even start at 15. And it depends on the muscle group that you're working, how many reps you should be doing or around. Also, um, not also, but if you are moving, if you are working on strength, then your reps will be about eight to 12. Speed around five to eight and power around one to five reps. So you want to think about what your outcome is for your lifting program. Do you want to be stronger? Do you want to be faster? Do you want to go longer? And, um, yeah, I go into what endurance means, strength means, speed means, power means in the ebook more into detail. Now you might be saying like, oh, well, I am a marathon runner, so I just need to lift for endurance. That's wrong. We, we need to lift for different outcomes, um, within our strength program. So how many times should you be lifting? I am going to say as many times as you can go to the gym, garage, in your house to lift, whether it's with weights or your body weight, because you want to have a program that's going to work for you. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't say I'm going to lift three times a week when you know that you can only do it one time a week. In my personal opinion, I think you should lift three times a week at minimum. But in my coaching opinion, I think you should lift as many times as you can lift. And once is better than zero. 
So in the ebook, I actually go through and talk about small muscle groups versus larger muscle groups. And that goes into what you should be lifting for each body part. I also give examples of what a total body workout should look like. And then I actually give you like a small quiz to make sure that you're understanding what we are talking about within the ebook. It's great. It's a great little tool to have because one, we all can't afford personal trainers. Um, I know when I give, um, when I give examples on my Instagram, I want to make it as simplistic as possible, but also I don't want to get into too much of the details because a program template doesn't work for everybody. And sometimes you have to kind of figure out what works for you. I've been programmed workouts before that didn't work for me, but I have the education and the knowledge to kind of tweak that. And I feel like that is kind of what this ebook does. It gives you a basic understanding of what you should be doing for your body so that you can weight lift. Because most of us don't weight lift because it's not accessible. We don't know the um, knowledge behind it, the science behind it, anything. So instead of going to the gym and getting it wrong, we don't do it at all. And so that is kind of where I want to start you with. We are coming to the finish. So let's kind of recap what we talked about today. Um, one, leave Shikari alone. She is racing for her race and is Shikari against everybody. Okay, that's just my feelings on Shikari. Two, um, how you structure your program is important to get you lifting correctly and getting you into the gym. So how many times should you be lifting in a week? As many times as you can lift. My personal opinion is that you should lift three times a week. My coaching advice is as many times as you can get into the gym, one is better than none. When you're setting up a workout, again, we didn't get into the details of what goes first, what goes second, what goes third. If you want that information, go to my website and get the ebook. However, we did talk about sets, reps, and we talked about lifting for a certain outcome. Typically, you want to do to two to three sets of an exercise. Some can be one. And then you want to make your reps based on what you want for the outcome. So if you want to get stronger within your squats, then you're going to do about 10 to 12 reps. Sometimes that number could be eight. If you want to get faster and you want to do um, something at a high rate of speed, then you're going to do about five to eight of them. If you're doing Olympic lifts and you want to really work on that power, you're going to do one to five reps. So again, it depends on the outcome of that. So when you're going into the gym, you kind of want to have your workout already written out. 
how many sets of squats am I going to do? How many sets of shoulder press am I going to do? How many sets and duration am I going to do my planks for? You want to know what order to write that in. I talk about that in the ebook. You want to know how much rest you're going to get in between each set. And remember what I said is I like to do it based on feeling and based on the outcome of the workout. So if I'm doing a circuit, then I don't want to be totally rested because I am working towards cardiovascular. But if I'm working for power or strength, then I want to take a longer rest period to make sure that I am getting my body back to a good resting or recovery place. That is all that we're going to talk about today. I hope you enjoyed this series on strength for runners. We probably won't be back next week, but we will be back the week after that. I'm not going to make any promises on when we will be back. I got to think about topics. And once I get those topics written out, I will record a podcast, upload it, and get it ready for you. But until the next time, I'll see you later, Confident Squad. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk More Confidence. If you enjoyed today's podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to share with your friends. Let's keep in touch. Visit my website, aliyahirvin.com, or find me at the gram at Confident Aaliyah. Remember, confidence is a state of being. Until the next time.